Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, you guys are going to love this really new company with a very cool product. On the podcast today is Benton Allen. He's the co-founder of BTG Products and Copper Clean LLC. Benton, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Likewise. I'm happy to be here, Justin. Dude, Thanks for having me. This is so great. Great meeting you. Um, it's it's snowing and icing in, in Texas today as we're talking. Um, <laughs> and that was a pretty exciting thing to hear. Right, Benton? Especially after the last couple of weeks there. Yeah, is it, the last year hasn't been crazy enough. Right. The, the weather has been, uh, been adding to it. Yes, that's cool. Yes. Well, um, Ben, it's so cool having you on the podcast. I was um, had a great time learning more about you and preparing for today. And uh, for those who don't know Ben, you're going to love getting to know him today, um, dude. Your mechanical engineering are, are, are right in your background, and uh, I'm an industrial engineer. You went to West Texas A&M, um, and you've got this company going and and a new product. Why don't you just share with us kind of how you got into this space? and why it's interesting to you. Yeah, I'd love to, Justin. Uh, so like you said, I've got a mechanical engineering degree background. I've been out of school uh, five or six years now. Uh, I thought I was going to go design engines or work in the oil field or do something like <laughs> right. that with a degree. But uh, you know how fate sometimes just leads you into places you never thought you'd go. And that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at now. Uh, we, we mainly work with antimicrobial solutions or, or designing antimicrobial products. Um, primarily those have kind of been in the oil and gas industry. So we work with uh, different ways of preventing microbial corrosion or different ways of killing uh, or preventing uh, biofouling, like on offshore infrastructure. Sure. But that expertise in uh, these antimicrobials uh, kind of led us into the, the consumer market. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later, but really what we found is that, um, you know, a lot of times there's there's solutions out there uh, for for products or for um, challenges that aren't really uh, pivotal, you know, for the customer base. Sure. And then a lot of times there there are these big problems that that no one's found a solution to, even though there's a simple one that's right around the corner. And so that's really kind of uh, what our focus has been on is trying to develop those simple, safe and effective solutions that solve these big problems. Love that. I mean, obviously, when I hear anti-bike, I know, I know. When I hear that, I think this last year with COVID and and whatnot, it couldn't have been a better product to to be launching. But um, talk about BTG products and Copper Clean and just how the struck what the structure is and how you guys operate. Yeah, so uh, BTG products. We're uh, you mentioned I I attended West Texas A and M University, and we actually started our firm as a uh, spinoff of of the Texas A and M University. Oh, that's cool. uh, cool. Yeah, it's been really good. uh, As an entrepreneur, it's been um, very helpful to have that base. Uh, There are challenges associated with going that route. Sure. uh, As far as you know, kind of meshing in entrepreneurship and, and academia, but, but there's also a, a lot of benefits to being able to partner with them, especially when it comes to like IP protection and, and things like that. It's, it's very nice to have that partnership. Um, but so 
as, as we kind of got it going, I mentioned, you know, we, we got some uh, work in kind of the industrial sector. Uh, but we, we really started out the, the project in that we had, we had a few um, antimicrobials that, that we had developed, a few solutions, if you will, that didn't really have a fit. So, you know, sure. we, 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 came a, we came into the process backwards from how you read about it. From how you you know <laughs> right. would plan it out, you you usually try to find a, a problem and then design a solution. Right, and really kind Backwards, of have a solution. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and we were trying to figure out where the fit would be. Um, so, so you, you were think about, like, hey, you were like hammer looking for nail versus like yes, that was, and, and that can cause issues, sure. um, especially you know to a young entrepreneur. I was right out of college and uh, just. Uh, things just aren't really how you picture them uh, in, in that case. And <laughs> right. so for instance, you know, we have this antimicrobial and um, you, when you think of killing bacteria or killing viruses, you instantly, I, I don't know about you or your listeners, but we instantly thought, Oh, healthcare, right. you know, we need to be coding surgical instruments and we need to be designing new catheters with it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where people are dying from these things. That's where we need to be. Um, but in, and honestly, we ran down that road for for probably a year trying to develop uh, different ways of incorporating our material into surfaces within the healthcare industry. Wow. And what we found was that 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 really just wasn't low hanging fruit. Um, we we had a, a good solution to a problem that people didn't recognize yet. Got it. Yeah, and I would think and, I would also think the consumer market, right? Especially this last year now a new focus right. on right cleaning surfaces and and whatnot with sprays and you know. Exactly. And that's kind of what happened and so we we sidelined a bunch of the work that we were doing in that sector and we were like, "Hey, we'll just focus on lower hanging fruit. We'll focus on where people, you know, there really is a problem." And then, you know, December of 2019 rolled around and and we thought hey you know there there's probably going to be an increased demand for antimicrobials uh self-sanitizing surfaces are are likely going to be uh one of those talked about subjects over the next year maybe it's time to resurrect that work that we've done in the past and bring it off the back burner and see if we'll have a product market fit now moving forward uh, so that's where the copper clean uh brand line came from uh copper clean uh, for for you guys that haven't seen it before, they're they're durable antimicrobial copper alloy stickers that are applied to high touch surfaces to inhibit uh, the presence and propagation of microorganisms. So, uh, you know, it's it's honestly a really simple idea. We take uh, a, a proprietary copper alloy that's inherently antimicrobial, and uh, we we mill it down to a very thin sheet. We apply a, a self-adhesive backing to it and then uh, have it cut out to specific sizes and shapes uh, so that it can be uh, you know applied to door handles and pull bars and crash bars and push plates and IV poles and uh, really it's kind of taken off yeah and so, it's amazing now why yeah. so and, and elevator buttons as I see here um <laughs> which is a great one yes okay. yeah it's a good one okay yeah. why copper like how did how did you figure that out like I don't know that anybody would have norm like would have just known that like what was it that you guys solved with with the copper right so we've worked with we I said we developed our own antimicrobial and then we've worked with other antimicrobials over the years silver for instance is one that we've worked with a lot um, but the issue is always kind of the effectiveness the toxicity and then the cost right sure. and so 
like silver, for instance, we know it's really effective in some circumstances, especially when there's we have aqueous environments. It's really effective in those circumstances, but it's a high cost. Um, copper, for instance, is uh, so it's actually one of the oldest known antimicrobials. Um, uh, ancient civilizations used copper uh, drinking vessels to to purify their water. Uh, they also used like shavings from bronze swords. Uh, they would they would put them in wounds to to prevent infection, wow. and this is far before we even realized that you know germs existed. It's before germ theory. It's before virology. So uh, they kind of just inherently knew, hey, there's something special about this metal, uh, and and it has been used uh, in door hardware and high touch surfaces in the past, but it's kind of fallen out of favor uh, in terms of stainless steel, which is cheaper. Um, but but stainless has a, a ton of micro scratches and abrasions within it that are it's it's really good at harboring microorganisms. So, you know, our thought was, hey, people aren't going to go out there, you know, even with a pandemic that, that might happen over the next year. No one's going to go out there and want to replace all the doorknobs in their hospital or in their school or in their office complex. Right. So what of if course. we could design a way? What, what if we could? Yeah, exactly. What if we could give them a way to retrofit their existing hardware? Right. You know, Without save costs, save time. Exactly. 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 And so that's kind of where the copper clean um, idea uh, came from, you know, the ideation. And, and then we, we got a prototype out to market really quickly. Uh, we, and, we, okay, I so was, so don't yeah. blow past that. So um, okay, okay, we'll, I'll slow down. You yeah, no, excited. that's yeah. a good one. I love it. But uh, and pro- getting a prototype out the door real fast. You, <laughs> explain how you did that because for I think most people that are starting a business and and have a, a product and need a prototype, that can also be a lengthy process. So how did you guys do that so quickly? Oh, Justin, it was so fun. Like as a mechanical engineer <laughs> I love it. and. <laughs> Um, and, and we're really, so, so we're back, you know, 13 months ago or so, and, and things had just started to close down here in Texas, um, or they were starting to close down. And so like the prototyping, I was, uh, I was like cutting out prototype shapes, uh, with a little CNC machine in my garage. Like it truly was like, you know, like a, a garage built That's thing. Awesome. We, uh, later in the process, we were unable to get into our laboratory spaces because of COVID. And so, uh, we were really kind of doing the, the work from home thing and right. setting up our own little shops and labs, uh, at our various houses. So it, it was really fun, <laughs> that's but, crazy. uh, yeah, that's, that's really kind of the process, you know, uh, for, for our product line, um, developing the supply chain was, was very important. Um, and, and, and understanding the, uh, regulations as far as making public health claims, um, that that's a highly regulated industry. You can't just go out there and say that this product kills X, Y, Z. Uh, even if you know, it does, even if you have the scientific research to back it up, you really have to to make sure that that your branding and your marketing and everything is aligned with uh, what the EPA says you can say about your product. So wow. uh, we got all that set up kind of at the same time that we were working through prototypes, and uh, we were we we found a mine here in the U.S. and a refinery that was able to make the alloy that we were after, and uh, found a mill to roll it down and and did all the things and. Uh, you know, uh, got our, our graphics. We, we had a few iterations of graphics and, and kind of branding through that sort of thing. Uh, it, and it, it's something your listeners really know a lot about as sure. an entrepreneur, you kind of 
have to learn to, to uh, wear a lot of hats. And so I did the totally. website and <laughs> got it selling. And, and yeah, I had a, uh, so, had okay, a so, really strong traction early. Okay, so that's interesting. So um, you just you decided to do a direct-to-consumer with it initially, right? And so, which is on your website. And you mentioned you got a lot of traction early. Why? I mean, how did you get the word out? Yeah, so uh, that's where luck plays into it. We... we um, we had a few press releases that we sent out and, you know, at the time, just product market fit, uh, news stations were hungry for, for good news. Right. And this was kind of one <laughs> of those nothing lights. Else to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was kind of one of those lights we felt like. And so I, it, it was picked up by several stations, uh, several outlets here in Texas and, and then started gaining some traction, uh, nationally. And, uh, so, our, our marketing dollars over the first four months were zero because everything was just <laughs> wow. uh, earned traffic. Yeah. And so uh, that, you know, kind of spoils you a little bit when you have to start paying for marketing. Right. But, uh, yeah. We, we were really blessed. To were get you prepared that for that, though? I mean, did you have inventory of, of these different types of products or was that something you had to contend with? What did that look like? Yeah, we, we did have to contend with it for the first probably. Um, our, our first batch essentially was, was smaller than it needed to be. And so there were a few stressful weeks where, you know, almost as soon as, as we received kind of our first big order, we realized, Hey, this isn't going to be enough. We're going to need to to get some more in the house. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was stressful for a little bit and trying to figure out how to package these products and all that. So that's like almost consumer friendly, right? Now, how did you figure that out? Did you have to lean on others? Did you have to get some advice? How did you guys solve for that? Well, you know, so initially uh, you talk about like minimum viable product. We knew that we wanted a sleek, clean packaging down the line, but we didn't want to hold up, um, fulfillment to, to get our packaging just right. So to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I'm embarrassed when I look back and see what we were shipping the things out. Oh, of, that's but okay. It was like cardboard. Dude, that's yeah, like everybody you know? that starts a product business at first. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, I've, I've had food entrepreneurs on their like plastic bags and a, a piece of card, cardboard card stapled to it. You know, just you make do. <laughs> right. That's a, And that's exactly what we did. You know, um, I, I think the, the founder of LinkedIn uh, has a quote that says, if you, um, you know, if you look back and you're not a little bit embarrassed of, of what you've sent out the door a year right. ago, then it means that you shipped too late. Yeah. And so we, we definitely didn't ship too late because we, we have plenty of, uh, plenty so of interesting funny. feelings. But yeah, so, you know, that was exactly it. It was cardboard sheets that we were custom cutting, you know, in our shop and uh, fitting into plastic bags. Uh, the patches themselves, once they're applied, you know, they're pretty durable, but, uh, when they're just flat, they, they, they aren't incredibly durable. They're, they're pretty fragile. Sure. Uh, the edges can get bent easily and that sort of thing. Uh, there, there've been, a, it's been an interesting challenge throughout trying to figure out packaging. Um, but yeah, so we just got them out the door, uh, and then kind of figured out things as we went. Figured it out later. Interesting. Right. right. No, that's great. So what are your top sellers? Yeah, so our, our universal surface patch is is still our our, our primary seller. Uh, it's about three and a half inches by five and a half inches. Um, we really sized it to fit most things. So most pull bars, um, most push plates, uh, most you know, a lot of crash bars, it, it, some handrails. It'll kind of fit all those things, and that was that was the idea. And then as we went, 
you know, we started getting more specialized as far as the shapes go. We've, we've got a geometry now that fits, um, lever action door handles. So, um, you know, like a, like a doorknob, but the sure. one that has a, 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 a pivot on it. Got it. Yeah. And so that one's really popular in office buildings. Those are, uh, one of the primary, uh, door hardware pieces in office complexes. So that one's gotten some traction as well. That's interesting. So, um, what does innovation look like? Do you guys have a pipeline of other products you're thinking about or that you'd like to develop? What, how do you guys think about that? Yes. It's a constant struggle for us because, you know, like I said, we're engineers, we're, we're problem solvers. And so balancing, you know, kind of innovating and doing fun things and looking at new designs versus like, Hey, you know, growth and, and fulfillment and getting things out the door. That's a constant battle that that we're fighting as a, as a small organization. But yeah, we, um, you mentioned elevator buttons. Those are one of our newer kind of developments and, and that's a continuous development. Uh, because every kind of situation is different. Uh, we've, we've launched a line of like what, what we're referring to as our true consumer products, which are um, patches for the back of, of iPhones and, and Android phones. And uh, we've, we're working on different types of writing utensils and just kind of, you know, looking through the average person's life and, and what are all the things that they touch and, um, you know, what things do they consider to be the dirtiest when they're at the grocery store? We, we've got some grocery cart handles that uh, we're, we're looking for the right uh, distribution channel uh, on. And, and obviously that the healthcare industry is another one that, that we're uh, innovating in a lot and, and working hard to get traction in. That's pretty cool. And, um, you know, when you, when you went back to this product, was it just you or did you have folks helping you? And then has it grown over time to where you've needed more people as your orders have increased and whatnot? Yeah. So no, I, I'm not a one man show by, by any <laughs> means. I've got a, I've got a great, uh, team, uh, co-founders, uh, I've got two fellow, uh, engineers. Nice. Um, and we've kind of all worked together through BTG products. And then, uh, our, our company president is uh, Dr. Emily Hunt. She's actually the the dean of engineering at West Texas A&M oh, University. Very cool. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, it's great. And so uh, she's gotten to keep both of her roles there, and um, it, they play together very nicely. And so that's kind of our main crew. And then, yeah, we we've brought on some help uh, as far as our our you know, quote unquote warehouse. It's not, right. not big enough to be called right. a warehouse by the means so, place where you store a product. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Closet. You, you yeah. Know. That's cool. Uh, and, cool. uh, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been a really fun ride. So, Hey, one, you know, one of the things I love to do is ask our guests, you know, what are two or three of the biggest lessons learned they've had in their experience of launching the business or a new brand. So, you know, what does that look like for you? What would be two or three pieces of advice that you'd share with our audience? Yeah, Justin, uh, we've, we've learned a lot of things over the last year and we continue to learn things. We're not business people by nature. We didn't have a business degree. Our, our families weren't necessarily entrepreneurs. So we're figuring out a lot of things on the fly. But one of the things that we have really learned is, is the value of establishing uh, strong and, and co-beneficial partnerships. Uh, you know, as a, as a small business, I'm sure your listeners have experienced this, but when you're the smallest fish in the pond, the big boys don't want to really give you the attention that you feel like you deserve. And so when that uh, comes to like looking at suppliers, looking at distributors, trying to work with, um, you know, like, like big box retailers, 
um, you, you have to be strategic in, in your contacts at those uh, institutions, at those larger businesses, and then how you treat that contact and uh, how, how you provide, you know, excellent service, great communication, pay your bills on time. All of those things are, are I think, magnified in importance when, when you're the small fish in the pond sure. and you're trying to play with these with the bigger boys out there. Uh, so so that's been uh, one of those lessons that we've just kind of continuously the importance of it has, has been reaffirmed, you know, throughout this process. Uh, and then another uh, one of the big lessons is is really like just sell it. You know, we, we, we like, uh, so here's what I mean, but we're, we're engineers. We we love being in the lab and and we love fixing problems. And I, I'm, I'm pretty good at coming up with, you know, five things that are wrong with a specific product that we're working on or, or why it won't work in this application or what we could do better to make it a better fit, to make it a better product over here. When in actuality, like, like what you have, that works, and and it, and it's a it's a good product. It's a great product for this application or for that application. And so, just go sell it. Make the phone calls. You know, right. find the distributors. <laughs> sure. Yeah, work. Focus on the channels of distribution. Don't focus on too much on you know like small tweaks to to create incremental gains on something that's that's already suitable. Got it. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, you, know, you can try to perfect things, and then you waste a lot of time not getting into market, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Very, very cool. Uh, this has been great. I uh, appreciate you making the time button for the, the podcast. It's been so interesting learning about this. Um, you know, who knew copper, right? So, um, so share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy the product, et cetera. Yeah, great. Uh, so our website's uh, www.copperclean.com. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at, at Copper Clean Official. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn as well, just Benton Allen uh, in Amarillo, uh, Texas. I'd love to connect with any of your listeners on LinkedIn. It, there's a great entrepreneurship community that, developing there uh, if you guys haven't uh, leveraged that. So uh, we'd love to connect with them on any of those channels. And I, I hope that they found some of this information helpful. It's, totally. it's an exciting, scary, fun ride. <laughs> so great. I love telling the story. Yeah. Well, Benton, so great having you on. Look forward to following your progress, having you back on down the road. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.